How are you? Oh, my poor head. <laughs> I'll never do it again. I'll never touch another drop as long as I live. Oh. Well, you kicked off early this year, huh, Bob? <laughs> you must feel terrible. No, I feel great. Then what are you doing? Practicing for tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, why do you have to say it tonight? Because I ain't going to be in no condition to remember it tomorrow. <laughs> back to smart so glad you came in this episode we will be doing a year in review i'm gonna be honest 2016 kicked my butt and i'm sure it has done the same to many of you that are listening or at least someone that you know you know loss happens every year but for some reason it felt like it happened more and it felt heavier when compared to years in the past i mean election lost to some people celebrities lost uh, famous celebrities and obviously, <laughs> but actors, musicians, people that would mean a lot or do mean a lot to a lot of us. And and I can attest to that too. We, we lost them and you know, we can't get those films from them again. We can't get that music from them again. But more importantly, we have lost people that are close to us. I personally have lost two people this year and it hit me like a train. With that being said... Uh, this podcast, I, I hope it brings some healing. Uh, I hope it helps alleviate the uh, you know the severity of this year with some laughs, with some uh, fun times looking back into what 2016 had to offer, the positives, and respecting those that have uh, moved on, that have left us. So this program will have a letter to all those that have suffered in 2016 that will be read by uh, Jackie Donna. I'm a very good friend of mine. Uh, next, we will have a discussion with myself, my brother Giovanni Smart, my cousin Adrian Marston, and my best friend, David White. Next, we will have, and lastly rather, we will have my very good friend, Shelly Torres, very talented. She will be reading a poem by Luce Steen. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Hope you guys enjoy. be concerned, to those whose hearts are burned. This year, suffering swooped in with no consent. You've been used and abused, often blasted all over the news, as if posts, likes, and retweets would suffice. And as time passed, the world would just move on to the next. Your suffering has been so quickly silenced. But your pain is not a trend. Your grief doesn't need to be proven. Attention doesn't equal validation. Still, even with your heavy hearts and burdened backs, strength radiates from your being. Let these simple words of truth sink in. You 
are important. You are a survivor. You are loved. Don't give up. Sincerely, a hopeful future. So I am here with my brother Giovanni. Do you want to say hello there, everyone? How you guys doing? <laughs> All right, we'll start over. No, 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 we're gonna keep it. Uh, and then David's also here. He's been on the show before. What's good, y'all? And then we also have Adrian. He sent in an audio, and I, I think our our second episode. So it's good to have them here. We're all uh, recording from uh, me and Giovanni's home back in uh, New York, and we're just gonna be uh, doing a year in review. Pretty much, I'm going to be asking them questions. We're all just going to have a big discussion on your favorites of the year. Obviously, a lot of stuff has happened this year. Um, but if anything, I want to keep it light to kind of keep everyone's mind off of that and just look more forward to the future. Um, so we're, we're going to keep it light today. And uh, if we go deep, we go deep. But we're going to start off and just try to have fun with this year, despite it not being the best one we've had in the history of mankind. So I, the first question I want to ask on a positive note: What do you think is your biggest accomplishment this year? I can go. Yeah, feel um, free. I think one of the bigger accomplishments that I've had surrounded making a big decision in regarding my future. Um, so uh, one of the things that I decided was after I graduated, I was going to go to the uh, theological seminary at Andrews University. Hey, you! Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But prior to that, um, for, for any of you who knew what my major was, I came into Andrews undergrad as a mathematics major. Mm -hmm. um, so theology, ministry, that was that was far from my mind. I wasn't planning on going to that at all. Um, so making that decision, you know, it was just a huge step. I had to kind of jump out of my comfort zone um, and just allow God to take me wherever it was that he wanted me to go, regardless of the fact that I had no idea how this was all going to turn out. Mm. Mm. How about you, David? Oh, wow. Um, dang, I would have to say my biggest accomplishment would be finishing up the semester. You know, it was rough. Uh, sounds kind of simple, but I guess, you know, I joined... Um, the BCF, the BSCF team, Black Student Christian Forum mm -hmm. um, team at Andrews. I was a secretary, pretty minor role, but um, I was also the chaplain of the Nutrition um, Association. And it was just along with other things. It was um, it was just um, a long and hard semester, and I'm just glad that I got to uh, finish it as strongly as I did. So. Good, Giovanni. Oh, and move your chair a little closer, please. Make sure we pick you up on the microphone. Thank you. All right, you know, so my biggest accomplishment this year is getting money, man. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Will, on a serious note, though, learning how to manage your money. I'm for real. Because, you know, you, get that, you get that money and you, you just know what to spend, do. spend, spend, spend. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. But, you know, I'm 24 now. I got to get up out of this house because my mom and daddy get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to get up out of here. So I'm saving this cash, you know. <laughs> Trying to go back to school in January. We, we try to get this thing rolling. We're trying to end it all. Yeah. So I feel that. That's lit. We're yeah. out here getting this cash, man. That's good. That's good. Money, 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 money. That, was, that was good. That was good. Money, 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 money. Okay. Some uh, people got to have it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some people really need it. Yeah. Hey, thanks, I got it. Oh, oh, oh. 
Right, you got to get it all no, out. Alright, so <laughs> next question I want to ask is, uh, what do you think is the best album of the year? We had a ton of albums come out. What do you think is the best one? And if anything, it could just be what your favorite was, but interchangeable. Yeah. Kane's Kaleidoscope, it came out this year, right? It did come this out this summer. year. Yeah, I would have to give it to Kane's Kaleidoscope, Christian Band. The music is dope. I'm kind of uh, advertising for them right now, but check them out. Really dope music. Really speaks to us um, youth and what we're going through on a daily basis in a world full of, um, uh, you know, on social media and technology and whatnot. It just speaks to, um, you know, taking time to appreciate God. Like, it just, just listen to the music, guys. That's all I got to say about that. I'm going to have to go with Chance, man. And mm. uh, Coloring Book. Uh, I was talking to my sister about this, where a lot of times we find art um, has a powerful impact that it has on just a specific time and generation. Um, so whether it's a TV show or a movie or an album, um, you a generation two, three years away from us, they may not have that same experience. They might think it's whack. They might not relate to it. Um, but I've I learned that certain times when something hits a generation at the perfect moment it just has like a lasting impact on it and i think chance's album man it, he he did that yo he he took advantage of nostalgia he took advantage of the fact that uh just as black people man we just we needed some happiness mm-hmm. um after everything that was going on uh, specifically with racial profiling police brutality um that topic in general of the segregation that's in our country, um, Chance took um, away from that. He, he took a break from that topic and focused on the positives that we have in our life, our childhood memories, um, and it just, it just had a great vibe to it. Uh, it just it was powerful, and I think that was something that specifically our generation we needed that right at this perfect moment. How about you, Giovanni? Uh, well, you know what my bias is when it comes to the rap game. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Kanye, my man, yay. Yeah. Uh, you know, that album was really good, in my opinion. You know, with Kanye, though, is my whole big thing with him is his sound. I really mm-hmm. like the sound. I don't thing I like about him is unique is you don't see that a lot from a lot of other rappers mm-hmm. but you can kind of see it now with these other rappers that are coming up out, out of uh, Chicago too just like Chance mm-hmm. the type of sound you hear um, Big Mensa yeah. you listen to Joey Perp uh, before they all from Chicago and Kanye West has all have all has always influenced them yeah. their music but I'm gonna have to go with um probably uh, Big Mensa there's a lot going on yeah that was it's cause he was speaking that's not an album that's more of an EP but mm-hmm. he was still speaking about the issues that are going on around the country compared to everybody else cause I, I just I'm a fan of ASAP Rocky too and I was hearing what he was saying one time when he was on The Breakfast Club and he was just talking about how there are certain rappers who can speak on certain things and rappers who speak on other things so he was basically saying how oh Kendrick Lamar J. Cole uh, like Big Benson and those other type of rappers can speak out against the police brutality and all that, but he can be the one just doing all that chill kind of cool music. Or in my opinion, I don't think that's that's how your yeah. mindset should be. As a person, you should always be aware of the situation that's going around in your own community, your yeah. country, 
Mm-hmm. And just because you feel like you made a certain time to me, it doesn't mean you shouldn't speak out against it or just leave it to other rappers. Right. But that's what I liked about uh, Big Mess's uh, EP. I was just like, it, you know, his... That, that's a very cautious statement to make in terms of, you know, not wanting to offend anyone. Very safe. Um, yeah. But I, I think what black people need... Uh, we need heroes to look up to. We need people who can say that's our mentor. That's someone who I am being influenced in on a, in a positive way. So I, I I really do believe that when you have a platform like they do, you may not have to do it in a in a, a way of music, but speaking out, saying something, a statement, a Facebook post, a tweet. Something to let your followers know, hey, this is happening. I'm aware of it. I don't like it. And you shouldn't either. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to limit yourself by just music. You know, there are other ways of expressing your frustration on these issues. It's funny, too. Like, certain rappers will say, oh, I'm not a, I'm not a role model. I didn't ask to be a role model and all that stuff. But, like, right. guy. Once you put yourself on this level, you are inevitably. It, it, you have no choice. Like no matter ob- whether or not you want to be a role model or not, and then that you're all obligated, even if you don't want to, kids are still gonna look at you as a role model. Yeah. Oh, true. So and you, you like you, you can't avoid that. Yeah. Like yeah. you have it's you have happen. young men and young women who idolize you, regardless if you say I don't care. You know, our prayer is that it's affecting your conscience in some degree because it's happening. Like the things that you do are influencing them. I think becoming a role model is probably one thing that a person can't control. Yeah. People decide if you're a role model or not. Because it's uh, uh, simply by virtue of people looking up to you, and that's what makes you a role model. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just what it is. I would have to say my um, favorite album of the year, uh, I I don't talk about this album very much. I don't know why I haven't, but I I haven't yet. And it kind of came in late. It kind of came in late um, in the year, too. But it's uh, Bon Iver's new album. Yes. Um, oh, it's good. Bro, that album is dope. It's so good. That to album to is me, dope. And, and what takes second place for me, too, is Francis and the Lights, um, his album also. Yeah. Um, uh, Farewell Starlight. But going back to uh, Bon Iver's album, I really <laughs> do feel like the sound itself, it really yes. feels like it's pushing the limits of what music is. Mm-hmm. It does feel like the future of music. I remember when, you know, when uh, techno and, and, and that kind of um, electronic music, mm-hmm. that started to get, you know, uh, more prominent. Coldplay picked up on that. You know, I, I know Owl City used to be really big on that wave, too. I don't know if he is that much anymore. But that, to me, when I was younger, that felt like the future of music. But I feel like once it hit in the mainstream, we kind of just got stuck there. Yeah. And then it really elevated and really grow. Level. Exactly. But I really feel like Boney Bear's album, like his lyrics, his instrumentation, his singing... Is definitely um, it's definitely something to marvel at. Yeah, you know, uh, him in general, the way he sings itself, he has a very distinct voice, mm-hmm. and that was something that I I found myself drawn to him um, in his earlier albums. Um, some of his older songs, he had a more of like an acoustic vibe to it, mm-hmm. um, but even in this one. It, I there were a few moments where I was just like looking at my phone like yo like I had never experienced that um, from anyone in his genre before mm-hmm. just the different sounds that he has I think is why he's very 
he's admired by different artists, even in different genres. He's been featured on people like Chance, Kanye, um, because even they would ha- they have to acknowledge this right here is another musical genius. Right. Things that he was good. Okay, what's the the next question is oh, it's a good one. What's your favorite film of the year? I know all four of us are really big uh, movies. We just saw Rogue One last weekend, which is absolutely incredible. Um, so what was your uh, favorite film? We could start with Giovanni <laughs> or David. All right. Uh, <laughs> I would have to give it to um, Civil War. Oh, okay. Um, Captain America versus Iron Man Civil War. A great movie. They also introduced uh, Black Panther, which uh, he, he was amazing. He was actually amazing. And I don't know. I just liked uh, how they introduced Black Panther, Spider-Man, and um, they introduced um, Ant-Man into the whole um universe as well, so I think they did a really good job at it. Not to mention, the action scenes were dope as hell. Yeah, when the airport was wild. Crazy. I had to give them props. Not to mention, I feel like they did a really good job at adding in uh, those funny moments. They like to play around with that, where it's like, uh, even though like it's a serious movie, they had to add like some funny gestures here and there. They did a really good job at implementing those into the movie. So I had to give it... That has to be my favorite for for this year. I do... uh, it's just funny. Did Batman vs Superman come out this year too? Yeah, yeah. It's funny how both of those films came out, and I feel like obviously both films presented a conflict between two heroes, right? Which is not something we've seen in superhero cinema before, comic book, sure, but we've never had to deal with a situation, um, at least in my in my memory, a story where you have two protagonists that are on the right side. They're not evil. There's no, like, villain per se, but they simply have a conflict of ideals and that, ideologies, rather, and that has them collide and and, uh, fight against each other. And simply put, it's funny that these two movies came out because Civil War just did it better, right? I think so, too. And and Civil War, I think, benefited from... They did have a villain in a way, but they didn't have this situation where let's shoehorn a big climactic villain a monster for all the heroes to rally, to rally against and to find him and it ends in a stereotypical way like that's the formula of almost every single superhero movie so i found that very interesting yeah it's kind of like we knew that uh batman versus superman was going to lead to this um dramatic um fight from good versus good yeah, to evil doomsday in the trailer yeah, doomsday. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. so they kind of for one they kind of spoiled it for us yeah. where it's like oh doomsday and two, I feel like they didn't do a really good job with the last with the whole battle scene. I thought it was kind of um, um, anticlimactic. Yeah, anticlimactic, definitely. I don't know. It was a, it was a disappointment for me because I'm a huge Batman fan. It could have been better. Yeah. Definitely could have been better. Uh, how about you, Adrian? Man, um, this year in general, bro, we we had a lot of great movies come out. Uh, but once again. I think I might have to go with, with Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, I Since the very first Captain America movie came out, I found myself becoming a huge fan of who he was, uh, his ideologies, just like his motives for wanting to be a superhero. The way they presented him, um, he, 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 he resembled Batman in a way that you can relate to him in terms of he's a human being who has gone through so much. Um, and as, as the, the movies went on, you, you found yourself, Steve Rogers, always dealing with themes that we as humans are dealing with, whether it's with family, uh, relationship with either a girlfriend, um, or 
with his friendship with um, uh, what's his name? Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, you know, those are things that you can relate to. And the reason I was so strong uh, Team Cap uh, heading into the movie because I was such a huge fan of Captain America. Um, but I, I do remember sitting during the film switching sides a few times. Like, man, there were a few moments yeah, where I wasn't sure either. Captain America, like, man, you could have handled that better. Where at the same time, you know, Tony Stark, I felt as if he he wasn't fully grasping um, Steve Rogers' point of view, mm-hmm. um, and that fluctuation just it just kept happening throughout the whole movie. And kind of what David was saying, it never I never really got the sense that they came together, put their differences aside, and they all lived happily ever after. I I personally do not think that is a way you end a movie when two heroes are in conflict with each other. Right. Like, those are your ideologies. And I don't think one film can convince me as a a fan, as an audience, as a viewer, I don't think one film can convince me that either side has gone through a paradigm shift in what they believe. Um, In a span of two hours, um, you, you expect me to believe that Batman no longer hated Superman at the end of the movie. And I, I don't think that's very realistic, just in terms of who Bruce Wayne and Batman is. Mm-hmm. Not know, convincing. It's not convincing. Um, and I think that that was one of the powerful things that I liked about Civil War, where, in my opinion, that was one of the more serious films um, that they've had in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, you know, also, it just... Uh, it blurred the lines of morality, which is something that... Uh, a lot of films are starting to do, but not many can do it well. Mm-hmm. And they they just did a great job at that. It's true. Um, so I'll go. I think um, saw Rogue One uh, this past weekend. That is very close to being number one. Yeah. Very close. Such a such a good movie for so many reasons. I'm not even gonna get into it because I would just go on and on and on and on and on, and I'd bore everybody to death. Maybe not because it's a very entertaining thing to talk about anyway. But I will have to say my favorite uh, film of the year is Kubo and the Three Strings. Mm. I'm telling you, that movie is so touching. I mean, it is, I feel like it's, it's, uh, it's appropriately dark. You know, it's, it's, it's serious. It treats its audience with respect in that it doesn't coddle the viewer into um, you know some sort of happy or stereotypical happy ending it, it's very real and it, and it deals with these real themes I think it could scare some kids but I do think the kids that are mature enough to watch it will really appreciate it and obviously adults will love it too but it was it's, it's such a it's such a touching um it's such a touching film and I feel like everything that the film did emotionally it was completely earned I was with it the entire time and it ends in a way where it's just not it ends realistically, and I was satisfied. It didn't just try to have a happy ending, like how every story would for kids, just have it, just to have it. Like, no, this is what happened in the in the story, and this is how we're going to end it. And I think, like uh, Lakai, that's the studio, had a lot of courage to tell this kind of story with such maturity, dealing with you know with uh, themes of death and grief, and uh, in uh, making decisions and and forgiving your enemies. So I, I do think it was a it was a really good movie. And Giovanni, are you uh, ready to toss us your Number one for the year? Um, to be honest, Civil War was a good movie. I'm, I'm not a Marvel guy. 
He's not. He's really not. <laughs> so biased, yo. Bro. Kubo, yeah, that's what's up. I was going through a list of all the movies I watched this year. It's pretty disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm have to go with the with the nice guys with um. Russell, Russell Crowe and oh, Ryan Gosling, yeah. mm-hmm. the nice guys. I still need the to watch dark that. Dark comedy type of movie, very very funny. Maybe I'm, y'all have seen it, so I'm not gonna get into it. But two guys who aren't known as like being comedians in films play that kind of role in this movie. Y'all have a good time with that. Okay. And it, I think it's Shane Black. So that's the same guy that did. Um, he did Man uh, Iron Man three. I don't really? think, yeah, a lot of people didn't like that. It was a very Shane Black movie. Yeah. That's probably why people didn't enjoy it. But I can't think of it, uh, his other films, but he's he's a really good director, and he's known for, I watched a video on this, he's known for using violence in a way that propels the story. It kind of happens randomly, and, and maybe in a funny fashion, but it's not used to just fill in empty space. So I need, a, I need to watch that movie, too. So since we talked about, we haven't seen a lot of movies that, were very good so let's just quickly toss our worst movie of the year that you think or just disappointing Suicide Squad Suicide Squad Adrian Adrian I don't know <laughs> I think it disappointing it's gotta be Batman vs. Superman oh yeah colossal dang I'm a colossal. huge Batman fan what the worst I don't think it was as bad as as suicide. Oh, I thought we were. I mean, worse as in that was the most disappointing for me in terms of oh, okay. overall. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Suicide Squad yeah. was worse. Suicide Squad, I was laughing. Like, why but not funny. Laughing? I should be laughing. <laughs> it, it felt it like a weird music video. Yeah, yeah. like it was just kind of the strange. Doing this weird movement, making me uncomfortable. Oh, she was tweaking at the end. Yeah. Yeah. That, that means your body dying. We were laughing, just like, <laughs> what is going on? And I, the the irony in in that uh, everyone was so skeptical that Jared Leto was going to just shame. Uh, the his portrayal of the Joker because Heath Ledger did such a good job. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is that a lot of people are saying there wasn't enough Joker in that film where he was only in a couple scenes. Yeah. And I, I have to argue that I believe Jared Leto, Will Smith, and uh, what's name? She plays Harley Quinn. Margaret. Margaret. Robbie. Robbie, yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael Robbie. Um, those three, they carried that movie. When 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 she was on that scene, like that was very like you were very like caught onto her I, acting. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Will Smith, you know, you know what you're gonna get with Will Smith, but his dead shot I think was very impressive. Like the scene where they had the Kanye music playing and he was shooting, like yeah. that was entertaining, right. you know? Like, um, but that's what it just that's what it's been feeling like, man. Like ever since the Dark Knight trilogy, DC, Warner Brothers have always tend to drop the ball on these movies of what it actually could be. Mm-hmm. Like, there are moments of greatness, but it doesn't really carry that there. greatness throughout the whole film. I think a lot of that can be attributed to still trying to play catch-up yeah. or catch-up with um, with Marvel. Yeah. Right? Still just trying to cash in on, on building this whole trilogy, but uh, not trilogy, but universe. But it doesn't work if you don't have a firm foundation, and Marvel has shown that. So mm-hmm. hopefully DC learns. Um, I would have to say for me, uh, Jason Bourne was pretty. Oh, it wasn't good, man. It wasn't yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It was very disappointing. Yeah, I liked it. After Bourne Ultimatum, I was expecting so much more, and I feel like we we're just retreading. I feel like if this movie came out, okay, just if Bourne Ultimatum never happened, right? And this movie was 
the third movie in the franchise, maybe it would have been better. But I think it's because coming off of the heels of Born Ultimatum, and we're pretty much dealing with dealing with the same themes and a very similar story as the past three movies. It's it's the plot that kills it. Yeah, the the plot of I forget what will happen. Him finding out who was his, the one, dad. his dad and all that. It was so simple, and I'm like, that's it. That's it. That's what the whole movie's about. If anything, the past three movies had great revelations that developed his character, but this was just kind of like an add-on. It wasn't... That is true. They didn't really bring anything new or fresh or meaningful to the story. So, ugh. Now, nah, I'm getting depressed just talking about it. I actually it. forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So many uh, wasted $10 bills for a movie ticket. <laughs> Okay, so we got to move on because we're running out of time. So we'll quickly uh, hit TV series. So it doesn't have to be a TV series that came out this year. Just a TV series that had a good season this year that you just enjoyed a lot. So uh, we can start with David. I'm going to have to give it to Stranger Things. Yes, sir. Mm, yes, came sir. out in the summer. It's pretty dope. I think that what hooked me onto the show was... Uh, the three friends, I'm not going to try to spoil it for anyone, but the three mm-hmm. friends and the adventures that they had. And it was kind of the spoke to my childhood and the adventures that I didn't have. I'm just staying um, at home all day. <laughs> so, I don't know. No, that's that's <laughs> fact. It's true. Exactly. So, uh, so, it was a really good show. Definitely recommend it. It's also, I, I wouldn't say revolutionary, oh. but it had been a while since we had seen a TV show do what Stranger Things right. did. And I think that's what hooked people. It captivated on the fact that we haven't seen that type of a TV show. Not really a movie, but the show that goes on. Um, and it's it's done in a very good way, man. You it's, don't you don't see shows these days with these children taking on these grown up. It, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Themselves, like, yeah. what man. is going on? And then there's there's moments like like David said, we don't want to spoil it, but there's like man, like. Watching like we we at, at at one point in the show we kind of had majority of the information about what's going on and seeing them learn mm-hmm. how everything's taking place or and what's going on and the methods that they took, um, it was just it it was intelligent in the way they did it. Where I was satisfied and I think you know this is a good show. I think that for me, uh, what determines a good show is I do this weird thing, guys. I'm weird. Is um. If I'm watching a show and it's really good, I'll pause the show, get up, and, like, get hype. Like, I'll just go walk around my room, get excited, and then I'll go back and I'll press play, and I'll keep doing that, like, every, <laughs> like every five minutes. And I got that when watching Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. How about you, Giovanni? Stranger Things was good. I really like that show. That's probably close to my top, my top, uh, my top pick, but I'm about to go with Game of Thrones. Yeah, 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 yeah. This past season, Game of Thrones was insane. <laughs> My favorite episode, I forgot. I think it was episode nine. Battle the battle, the battle of the battles. Boy, wild, 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 boy, ridiculous. Don't get me hyped. I thought Jon Snow was gonna die like three times in that episode. Crazy. The best part I think was when he was. He had no choices. He was so far away by himself. He was just gonna go fight them all. You know you can't do that, but yeah. he was trying to. He was literally gonna go at them by himself, and he just see like the whole army just charge come out him. of nowhere and just charge with him. That was that's probably my favorite season. Adrian, uh, obviously you know I have to go with Game of Thrones simply because uh, Jon Snow right now is my favorite television character. Um, and they did him justice where, um, like, if you watch the books, then you know what happens to his character. Um, 
but the way that the way that the show portrayed it, like it was it was satisfying. Surprisingly, though, I think a tie for me um, is Peaky Blinders. Ooh, that show, man. Um, it's just great storytelling. And this past, I think it was the third season, um, the way that the third season ended just helped the previous seasons make so much sense. And um, it was just powerful. And the plot at, the plot twist at the end, oh, it, I, was just, I was sitting on my couch just staring at the TV, just watching the credits. Knowing that, like, I have to wait for another year just to find out what happened. Um, of course, it has my favorite actor, Tom Hardy, on it. But um, just in general, everything about that show was just good. The acting, the storytelling, the plot twist. It was, it was dope, bro. So I say it's a tie between those two. Hmm. So. I think for me, it's, it's tough because it has been a good year for TV, mm-hmm. if not film, but... I do think there have been a lot of films, but a lot of them usually fly under the radar for most of us. But my favorite uh, season, I think, would have to be um, Mr. Robot season two. Oh, that joint was so good. I mean, I there were so many times where I sat down watching the show, and I thought this show is breaking boundaries on what has been done in television, hands down storytelling, how it deals with the audience as a character, and you get to see more of that in season two. And you can say season one is is very topical in the sense where it's really trying to accomplish this one thing. I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, but it's trying to accomplish this one thing. And after uh, that season ends, you're thinking, you know, what where are they going to go with the show? They can't retread um, uh, what they did in, in season one. And that's what a lot of shows that are very highly um, conceptual have an issue with is that if they're about this big idea, then the idea is usually uh, spent on through the one season they start to teeter down as the show goes on but season two just takes things a different direction but it heightens everything up and it and it just it, it, there's just so many themes i can get into but i want to be quick about this but i do want to give a shout out to westworld which is incredible westworld yes sir. westworld's yes, incredible yes, um it morality humanity how, how the the hosts are can be seen as more human than the actual people i mean just watch that and i have to say also, aside from those two, The Man in the High Castle season two um, and season one are absolutely incredible. Season two came out just a couple of days ago. And I highly recommend all three of those shows. Man in the High Castle has so many great messages about the us versus them mentality and, and humanizing the enemy and seeing how not everyone is all good, all bad. But And it's fantastic world building, too. So I would suggest checking that out. So to close out, I'm going to... I'm going to ask you guys a question. I'm going to make it a little personal. I just dropped my phone. Very professional of me. Um, so what do you think was your favorite memory of this year? You know, we're going to we're gonna leave everything on a nice saccharine, sweet, uh, gross, gushy tone. So what is your favorite heartwarming memory of the year in the name of New Year's and Christmas? Anybody? Feel free to jump in anytime. I'll go. <laughs> um, it, it had to be... Uh, when my nephew, uh, Ethan, was born. Mm. Um, if, if any of you guys saw me at, at school at Angie's, uh, I was tweaking. I, that's all I was thinking about. Um, my sister was pregnant. She would FaceTime me, um, keep me updated. Like, she would show her stomach and it's moving. Like, um, for any of you that have close siblings, um, that's, that's a special bond that is rare. Like, Unless you have that close sibling, um, in terms of close uh, 
like age, you you won't really know what that feels like. So seeing my sister and seeing that, yo, she's about to be a mom, like it, it took a while for me to comprehend. Even to this day, it's still like kind of strange. And I remember um, Deliverance Mass Choir, we had to sing that next day. Um, but right after choir practice, when my parents told me that, that Jazz was in labor, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I had to. I had to go. I didn't even have money. I was broke. I just put it on my card, bought the train ticket, and left. Like I, just, I couldn't wait. Um, and when I got there, I saw, saw the kid, and um, it's, it was, it was like you saw a miracle. Um, yeah, like that was just a moment that I can't. I will never forget. He's just this precious little child. And it's in the midst of like all this ugliness that 2016 had, like that moment will, it like trumps everything. Like that is something that I will always look forward to. Whenever I come home, I get to see him. Definitely. David? Come back to me. (laughs) You want to go? Uh, my favorite room moment was watching everybody have great moments. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think my greatest moment is um, listening to Adrian's greatest moment. Oh my! Gosh. Oh my! No, we're not doing this. You answer the question, pal. <laughs> Go ahead, Jordan. Come back to me. Okay. Uh, my greatest moment, um, I would have to say, is uh, you know continuing to put together this podcast. You know, it's been great. It's been a good year for the podcast, I think, and it was definitely. Uh, very encouraging for myself to see that I, I, I could put something out continually, have people support it. And I appreciate everyone that does support it. I appreciate it so much. And it's it's incredible to be able to see yourself, you know, imagine you be able to do something like this. Maybe something like this or something else. I think we can all relate to that. And when you finally can do something you've been uh, hoping and praying to do for so long, you finally get the chance to do it. And and people that you love and care about, they openly support you and they and they always encourage you. So definitely the podcast and moving into the future, I want to keep that going. So that was definitely my greatest memory of uh, this year. David, uh, I think mine is uh, I was eating breakfast with the bros. Pretty nice time. Oh, the calf move that we did. Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, uh, Adrian, Jordan, and I we used to go to the cafe, you know, just hanging out and just socializing. That's a good time. You know, sometimes you know, um, I have a rough morning, and um, just going to the cafe and just talking, um, talking, talking to them about my life mm-hmm. helps me get through my day. Um, they're good friends. Um, I never had brothers, but you know, I look up to them. Not to get too emotional. Most precious. Ah, don't what? Okay, so Agent just kissed David on the cheeks. I think it's time that we close off. Uh, we I want to thank uh, Giovanni, David, Adrian for taking the time out, just talking with us, and I really felt like this is just one of the conversations we'd have on any given day, and that's I wanted you guys to get a piece of our um. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm glad that you guys got to get a piece of what our year was like, and we hope you had a great year too. And and maybe you could find something here in this podcast, in this episode, 
that you could relate to and and bring us all closer together and help us realize that this year uh, was one and the same and we all took part in it together. Next time you want to check out a new episode, you come to me directly. My name is Giovanni Smart. My email is smartgio92 at yahoo.com. I will be officially taking over the show. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, follow me on Snapchat. Follow me on Twitter. And uh, get those followers up. Well, tonight the old year goes out and the new one comes in. Let's all hold fate for this new year that the way for peace will be found. But if not found, let America be strong and not be found wanting. And here we are again, with a hint of deja vu. 365 days of a loop, it seemed to be a dream. But this time was more nightmarish than most. Stumble through the dark, surely all year. Watched through a digital screen, saw the world do the same. We were all right and wrong. Tripped over each other's chains. Now, another loop approaches, and we step out with lamps in hands. Cast away the shadows, guide this year to a better one. A new loop every year. A new dream to share. A new chance under the sun. Hey, you made it to the end. I'm very glad you did. But before I see you off, I want to leave you with a few words. Hopefully, they bring some comfort to you. Time is a tricky thing because it keeps going. Even when death, destruction, and loss runs rampant in our lives, we can rarely fully pause for as long as we need to, to take it all in and to process it. But I want to implore you that with all with everything that has happened in 2016, if you haven't been able to pause and just stop, I want you to do that. Charge up so you can continue living your life. We have to make sure we hold those that we love close. We spend time with those that we truly care about and to make beautiful memories and beautiful realities with the life and the love that we have. So that being said, I'll see you guys in 2017. Happy New Year.